At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. I'm doing everything I can. And stop calling me Shirley. The center has to be at least three times bigger than this. All right, it's Sincerely Unqualified. It's the episode that every single cinephile that ever existed, I think it's been years, maybe their whole lives, they were waiting for a podcast episode dedicated to John Heater. Yes, and you know what? It's your time to shine now. You got what you asked for. (laughs) Everybody's been waiting since the day he came on the scene. They're like, holy shit, who's going to do the first podcast? Where has it been? On, on just on John Heater movies. Just solely so on John Heater. Forget about Scorsese movies. Forget about complete perfect pieces Who of is art. That? Let's let's debate whether these are pieces of art, whether they are good or not. We saved all of our discussion for these movies yep. just for this episode. We're gonna get it live. And I will tell Winnie right now, our opinions are gonna differ. But I am so disappointed in you, Kevin. Uh, we'll talk we literally about it. We'll have talk not about talked it. about this yet. And yeah. he was keeping me on the wire about what he thought about Napoleon Dynamite. Because mm-hmm. for me, I think it's one of the most quotable movies of all time. I think it is one of my favorites after rewatching again. I can watch it at any time. It doesn't get boring for me. I guess Kevin has a different opinion, though. Well, we'll, we'll wait to that section for okay. this. But, I know. Uh, but first, uh, we'll, we'll get more ad but actually, before that, if you're a fan of this show, everyone, we won't even say why. Just just tell Winnie congratulations. If you see us post on Insta, TikTok, <laughs> go over, tell him. Email us at sincerelyunqualified at gmail.com. And while you're at it, if you're a fan, please leave a review if you haven't mm-hmm. yet. Five stars would be awesome. Unless you hate us, then go for another <laughs> one. I don't know. Um, then you could do whatever you want. But you yeah. know what? We really Especially appreciate you, the five. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts, if you could yeah. write one out quick, that'd be awesome. We love those. Uh, we recently hit the charts, so we want to stay there, and that would really help us out. If you could yeah. subscribe to all your friends, it'd be great. Uh, but before we get into this episode, we just need to let you guys know, uh, we mentioned last week that Father's Day is around the corner. Not mm-hmm. quite, but you got to get out ahead of it because you don't yeah. want to be stuck last minute. Get them up like bogus gift uh you probably need a gift for your dad Mm -hmm. so if you make him proud this year you go over to manscaped you get the lawnmower 4.0 and yeah you did hear that right 4.0 4 it's not the three anymore a few weeks i know i know big moves were made the three i mean come on get with the time if your dad has the three you got to get him the four it's like an apple watch an apple like an iphone you got to get them that new one. So exactly. you're going to do that with 20% off and free shipping with the code unqualified at manscaped.com. That mm-hmm. is un- code unqualified at manscaped.com. You can't just get another bogus ass card. Like if you walk into a CVS again and go, hmm, I forgot about it till now. Here's a Snickers bar and a card that I just wrote. Like they know that. They yeah. understand. Yeah. Actually get them something they need, something they want, something they can use. And guess what? If your dad's one of those people with nose and ear hair, you can take care of that problem. You know how many times a waitress, when he takes his mask off now, is probably staring at that nose hair or that ear hair? It's not something we want to see. Look, and it's even, sometimes we struggle. Maybe you're 23. Maybe you live with a fiance and record these in your living room and you have (laughs) ear, nose, well, not ear, nose. Who could that be? Who could that be? 
You're losing hair somewhere. You're gaining it at other places. <laughs> it's coming Only in. I can replace the nose yeah. hair, the head on my hair. Ah, Look, maybe Manscaped speak. will do that in the future. They replace follicles somewhere. But for now, we're here to take out some, some, some unwanted surgery. hair. Yeah. <laughs> replacing uh, the head you hair with nose hair. You used to have to go to Mexico for that. But now, you can do it in your own home. <laughs> Manscaped based out of San Diego, very close to Tijuana. We'll say yeah. that. Uh, so that's <laughs> no association with those. <laughs> Wait, legally, no. That's twenty no percent off with free shipping at Manscaped.com and use code unqualified. Exactly. <laughs> Again, don't forget that you came from your dad's balls. This year, yep. show your original home some love with Manscaped. Show some so, appreciation, folks. Yep. Now, now let's get a little contentious. This is a it's definitely oh, a polarizing movie. We can say that. Is and it? You're gonna I thought get two it wasn't beforehand. I think it is. I never I thought it, it was. I never thought of it as a polarizing movie until you said something. You had the dissenting opinion here. Yeah. So, so let's hear what, what I'll say right off the bat. And this is like the one thing I told Winnie about. Uh, it, it was before I rewatched it is that I liked this when I was young. When I was young, and I actually, that's when I think it was almost more polarizing. Like, are you cool enough? Like, do you get it enough to like Napoleon Dynamite? And I watched it a few more times. I was a fan. This last time I rewatched it, and it was just so boring. Like, I get that that's almost the point. Like, it's awkward for the purpose of being awkward, but. I have a problem with it now when I actually have to go and do it for a podcast. <laughs> like I also, and I'll say this, I tried to rewatch this. I, I forget if we said this last episode or a previous episode, when he has been trying to get us to do oh Napoleon Dynamite God. and I've been sidestepping it like for weeks now. For so because, many weeks. And I knew you wanted to do it. So months ago I was on a plane yeah. and I tried, to, I, I think it was like, whatever airline and they had it on the tv yeah i was like oh i'm gonna watch this get out ahead of it i know when he wants to do this i couldn't get through the first like half hour so then i sat down to do this again and i just i mean i i again i understand what it was supposed to do so i think it was actually extremely successful and therefore i respect it for what okay. it was able to do but because anything before a but does not count i will put i'll get out in front of the rest of the sentence i get and it go for it i get what you're saying but i really there it do is. <laughs> no no i'm saying i'm, I'm hammering back oh, that. okay like, okay I think that there is legitimate cultural significance out of this weird, awkward, nerd, like, <sighs> celebration movie. There, there legitimately is from the yeah. lines, from everything. Like, people know Napoleon Dynamite, and that's a win in itself. Exactly. I just think it's not a rewatch movie for me. See, that's where we differ in that. I don't think it's boring. I think it's supposed to be boring. So to me, it's something that's not, I, I don't know. I think it's so almost awkward and like every scene is super uncomfortable for the purpose of being uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's just the fact of looking at it in a funny way versus like a, I kind of have to get through this way where even like the, the, the weird ass conversations and the really yeah. drawn out, just like. <sighs> and like anytime he sighed, I just think it's so funny. Yeah. And so I think that I, we were talking similar to, say, like the McKay movies, the yeah. Anchormans. Some of those are basically just a series of sketches that are combined together. I think that this movie would have been great if it was released as a few sketches. Like, I think that there is so much humor in these characters. It is a, yeah. it's, it is a funny movie. 
I'll say that. I don't think it's okay. unfunny. I just yeah. don't. Uh, I just did not There's, enjoy watching it this last time around. Okay, but the thing for me is too the setting plays a huge role in why I think it's the way it is. Yeah, it's like they're they're in this town where it seems like nothing ever happens, and yeah. so it's not gonna work to glorify that boringness. It's gonna show you like, okay, here's what's genuinely happening. Like when he fall, he's like, you ever hit jumps on that ramp? And they go and just cut to that. Like that was yeah. probably the most exciting thing about that whole week. Yeah, that's <laughs> just, another thing I respect about it is that it's almost like an anti-conventional movie. Like there's yeah. no true action. There's no true drama, really. I mean, I guess at the the base of it, it's probably a coming of age and that's where you get the drama from. Like the yeah. Pedro trying to win president and all that stuff. And you mentioned the setting, so it is worth noting. So this was written and directed, or this was written by Jared and Jerusha Hess who mm-hmm. are a husband-wife duo with writing, and it was directed by Jared Hess. So they were born. Jerusha was born in Omaha. Jared was born in Glendale, Arizona. Then they ended up... Mm-hmm. Jared went through his life moving. He ended up at Preston, Idaho, which is where this movie takes place, Preston mm-hmm. High. He actually went to Preston High. And then after high school, they all go to BYU where they meet the producer like so this this actually started as a a class uh assignment it was a film school project basically which is really cool because it's one of those like i feel like there's a lot of projects and things in film school that don't come to fruition or nothing really comes to light where it's we're making this little project that's all that's what it's going to be and that's the end of the day you know like you make these little projects but for this to then turn into the cult classic that it is and just you know obviously it's polarizing from you know the two people on this podcast (laughs) and seeing the difference in like the thought process behind it because i feel like everyone's seen this movie at least once it's how you go about looking at it it's almost like a rite of passage to see it and then think what like come out of it however you think of it exactly yeah yeah and that's that's why i think the project is so crazy that it was a film school project because like i said there is cultural i mean granted we do a podcast on comedy movies so we've done a lot already but the fact that a college project is being talked about 17 years later yes. in a podcast is pretty insane and because and we're talking about it because everyone knows it everyone talked yeah. about it everyone has an opinion on this movie so that's a win in itself can I will you imagine one of your college projects like being a topic of conversation across the u.s I, w- I don't even like, know what, what my college it, projects yeah, were. Neither do I. Like, okay, I did, like, do, I did that? Because <laughs> I had to take film classes at school because, you know, I was in that major that some people called maybe easier than some engineering majors, which, you know, I took to heart. So I had some video projects that I had to make on my own and they were so fucking bad. Oh, I'm sure. That I yeah. can't yeah. even, ima- like I look back at them now, I still have them saved. They will never see the light of day again. They will yeah. never, like, yeah. I almost want to delete them just so I can forget about them. That, I because... have a few things, like, with high school like that, yeah. No, honestly, I feel like the one project that I can think of, especially relating to movies, so one of my gen eds that I took, like, senior year, it was just, I have yeah. to do one of these. It was music in movies, basically, was the class. 
So Kevin's music corner. That's the, it, that's Kevin's music corner. That's where it was born. That's, that's why I, I actually know a little bit about sound, but I also didn't learn anything the whole semester because it was one of those online ones. So I just figured out a way to get decent grades like the day before the assignments were due. But at the yeah. end, we got to write. We had to write a uh, basically a paper breaking down a scene using music. So I yeah. got to do uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, where Kurt Russell and they're doing. Um, forget what song honestly oh the Which chain one? okay yeah, yeah. i mean guardians of the galaxy that alone has its Couldn't own incredible soundtrack but yeah. this movie this movie's soundtrack i don't know if you bar. want to touch on it but it is it fits perfectly because it's so awkward oh it's, yeah the, like, the way the soundtrack in the beginning is, is like perfect the yeah. just it sets the tone so well in terms yeah. of that vibe it's just it sets the tone of like you're in the middle of nowhere and it just fits in so well that this odd kid with fucking his his shirt graphic tee tucked in also gotta say his graphic t-shirts would be worn to clubs today like people would wear those with seven inch inseam shorts and you walk into like yeah you're probably i think right. so i think if you don't tuck those in like fucking kith and brands are gonna yeah. sell graphic tees that look like that now like if you go to that's billionaire just an indictment on current fashion that's not saying that yeah. napoleon dynamite was the fashionable term. no no i know i'm saying like t graphic t-shirts are now like oh that's nice like he can go out wearing that in sweatpants oh you're fine you're dressed up yeah. oh it's you crazy look terrible good oh. that means you're fashionable wait an oversized t-shirt and short shorts you look incredible dude do oh, you yeah. want to go out and <laughs> On the I town? mean, I am wearing. Uh, I'm I wearing do that too. Andrew I Schultz's, uh, I'm literally doing the yeah, same thing. Yeah. I'm like, wearing Andrew Schultz's thing. He's he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. So this is a Grateful Dead shirt. So we're gonna <laughs> whatever. Um, yeah. So it's no big deal. What else do you want to say about this before we get into some favorites? Okay. So there's a lot I can say. Yeah. There's a lot I can say about this movie. And going through, it's just the trials of a weird ass. I think some of the funniest things i've heard like just that there's that basic understanding of he's weird and you see that when he's either getting bullied in the gym class when it's like what napoleon tell us again what you were doing this summer just that classic like baiting the weird kid into saying some shit that's yeah there are definitely elements of that yeah just like they know the deal with him they've been through this it's like tell us again about what you're doing this summer i was hunting wolverines with my uncle in alaska <laughs> I think that stuff where and how he says gosh and and just the the little nuances of each character make them so special when they work together like his grandma having a boyfriend and going to the dunes first of all where are the dunes and Idaho. like okay so because we haven't run through the characters I'll run through the characters sure. right now yeah. and just say to me what makes them stand out because yeah. John Heater is the best weird kid I've ever seen in, in a movie, no matter what. You can't yeah. say otherwise. He is the perfect embodiment of that socially awkward, but at the same time, like, I, I don't know. It's just that such a, it's such a gen, I don't know. It's such a unique character that we haven't yes. seen anybody try to repeat. That is, yeah, it, especially just his character, obviously, is the main point behind or the the main yeah. driving force behind this movie and that is something i was thinking before i was like i need to say that this is unique because yeah. there aren't any movies like this and like, there aren't any doing? characters like this who what are you gonna do today napoleon whatever i want and just 
what is he doing with the action figure? And just puts it out the window to see it outside. Yeah, it's so the... odd. Also, well, I just saying that by the way, if anyone's listening and they actually do think that a movie is similar to this, let us know because seriously. I genuinely I could not think of one. Like I think some get close, but in terms of even... if you like this, you might also like Napoleon's Dynamites is like a, just a complete shit show. I think I saw Bridge to Terabitha or whatever that movie is. Well, excuse like, me. I don't, think, I don't think that's similar at all. We will not take any Bridge to Terabithia slander Terabithia. on this podcast. No, but Kevin. I'm saying, how is that similar at all? Because he went to the Natural History Museum and she died that day, Kevin. I've never she seen died. it. She died that day. She Spoilers. was like the biggest... Thing. I don't know. I grew up. That movie made me depressed for like three weeks when I felt like I was best friends with her, and then she died. When like, he listened I to a lot of the, Fallout Boy after he watched yeah, that movie, that was full on <laughs> angst. Like I was like, why did she have to go without him? But so, I've never like, seen that movie. She didn't have to cross the river. There was a flood that day. Yeah, she drowned. Sorry, it came out 15 years ago, but. <laughs> Keep we'll pushing go through, through this cast, yeah. We'll go through. I think that there's nobody like Napoleon Dynamite, and there should never be another person or character. Like, Tina Eat the Food, obviously, it's fucking been in the zeitgeist forever, yeah. but it's there for a reason. And like we said with other things in this podcast, like, things get known for a reason, and he's a character that's there for a reason. Yeah. Uh, so, John Grease plays Uncle Rico, who is, I think, the second most quotable character in All this time. movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just... Throwing a football a quarter mile is something that is like I say it probably once a day. Like you see see those mountains. When he has a lot of personality outside the podcast, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, it's so funny. I was with a kid the I, other the other day, like we were golfing and we were just saying, like, see those mountains? Yeah. 82, I can throw a football a quarter mile over those it's, mountains. It's it is a very quoted quoted it's person. So good. It's, yeah. it's a great character. Because he's so stuck in the past and he's like and then there's one line where he's even like, Oh, if coach put me in in the fourth quarter, it's like, dude, you weren't even playing. He like, said it like multiple times. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it was obviously his thing was that he's stuck in the past trying yeah. to be this awesome his guy. Girlfriend broke up with him because he said he she said I'm stuck in eighty two, so I dumped her ass. <laughs> What? It's you probably ever, a, a mentally healthy person. You ever find on the internet anything about a time machine, time travel? <laughs> what do you mean, dude? Just get over it. Yeah. Even his dress. Uh, Aaron Rule is Kip, who I think, incredible. Like, just the character transformation throughout is, you could say things are getting pretty serious. You don't get different than the kid like kip becoming who he is at the end when she he drops the fonda at the bus versus who he's starting we all thought he was going to be a cage fighter yeah that's a great like, switch uh can you can you pull me into town like just they're on a bike on rollerblades getting pulled to yeah. the the judo studio for rex Kwando. i mean that whole sequence for me was unbelievable very and environmentally friendly exactly so uh Efren Ramirez played Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Those shirts are sold. Probably one of the most sold shirts of all time. Probably. Like, I bet. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. probably one. Those are shirts where you see people pressing shirts at the mall that are they know they're going to sell out of. Yeah. Like they're going to run out of like, ink. Yeah. It's like the Bible. They, it's yeah. just always going to lead book sales. Vote for Pedro shirts are always going to lead shirt sales. And that's one of the reasons I think this movie is still living on today. Number one is because of like 
its impact and like kind of its polarity and things like everybody's seen it but also because when you see a vote for pedro shirt you either have to explain to somebody what it means or you know what it means you're like oh napoleon dynamite like there's always one when you go out and see i think i think everyone knows what it means honestly yeah yeah i I think i think everyone's down with it which is insane that but that's an insane in itself like seeing anybody anywhere could see a vote for pedro shirt and they're like yep i know what it is that's insane that and like the batman logo are things where you see it and you just everyone knows what it is it's so funny because we're playing i, I just compared it to the damn bible yeah. <laughs> and you just said batman but the so funny thing is it's not it's that there. far off like i mean no. it's, in terms of recognizability it's, yes it's honestly up there and up there everyone calm down if you're getting it's mad up, when we're look, saying things it, there's not a vote for pedro shirt in every hotel like dresser okay it's not on the bible level yet but it might get there i said similar to how the bible is on (laughs) the top of book lists vote for pedro shirts are up there and they're never gonna go away every hotel that kevin stays at has a vote for pedro shirt in the closet hanging around a portrait of Efren (laughs) ramirez uh, above the bed it's a (laughs) full-size poster that's (laughs) it's in there i say it's in weird hotels uh, Tina Majorino is Deb, who is one of the weirdest people I've ever seen in, in, portrayed in film alongside Napoleon. Mm-hmm. That I mean, one of the funniest things to me was when he went up to her and she's like, "You, are you uh, drinking 1% because you think you're fat? Like, you don't have to. And then she's eating the sandwich. And there's always that one little piece of sandwich either on her top lip or like oh, on yeah. her chin. And that was just like either... I'm probably very purposeful, I'm, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. like, how do you, it's so weird. It's just kind of gross, but at the same time, just like, how are you so unaware? Yeah. We have a fact about her character in, in exclusive exclusive. So keep listening. And you'll hear about that then. Uh, Chandrilla Avery was LaFonda. Incredible character. Yeah. Like didn't believe she was real for half of it. And then she shows up and you're like, oh my God, this is happening. Um, incredible and just transforms the shit out of uh out of kip then we like her cousin has that song obviously that's the final dance um final dance also probably one of the most like repeated it was even in like movies like um lone survivor it's been in Mm -hmm. like it's been in other movies it's so prolific that that dance is done in other forms of media yeah like yeah the cultural significance is crazy yeah also about that dance in exclusive in exclusive exactly. exclusives be here for it and a source exclusive uh dear bader is rex who i mean what more can you say about rex wando you don't need to I mean, it's just the best true three hundred dollars for eight weeks <laughs> true or false yeah. i had a pair of the rex wando pants you definitely did. I, sw- I did, but I didn't yes. buy them. They were one of they were like an acquaintance of mine in high school, and he let me borrow them, and I just ended okay. up not giving them back. I don't I know why. I think that's a good call. <laughs> like it's just something I've done, and I was. It was one of those things. At a certain point, it was months later. I saw that I still had the Rex Quando pants in my closet, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm probably just not going to bring this up." Like, how I don't know often? Where they are now. How often were you saying, like, imagine getting around... Nobody wants a roundhouse kick when I'm wearing these babies. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I actually never even did the impression. Like, I never... Really? It, it never was a Rex Kwando thing. It was just uh, to have the pants. It was, like, senior year of high school to go into, like, okay. football games. Like, you know. Similar to other 
things we've talked about. Did you just go around doing like a 1940s accent when you were wearing those? You were like, "Oh, round gosh, kick you, Barry," because that is that's our stock accent. That's the <laughs> only thing that we can do. I'll roundhouse kick you. See, it's like, have you ever seen it's a new the country, movie? See, it's yeah. the United States of America. Mary, the bank's bankrupt. See, I'll roundhouse kick the people. Get them out of here. America. <laughs> oh no, that would have been so good. America. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to go on to uh, favorites here? Yeah, let's let, do it. Let us run through. Okay, so what's your final consensus? Like, would you recommend somebody's coming in blind? Somebody's like never seen the movie. Yes. They oh. don't know. Would you recommend watching? You it? need to because if somehow okay. you miss this, you need to see what everyone's talking about. Okay. Uh, just final consensus. I mean, the cultural significance and uh, like legitimately is so impressive. What they were able to do in terms of an anti-plot kind of deal, very yeah. unconventional, unreal acting, unreal just wasn't for me on this rewatch like it, i i understand it, i think it was probably maybe my fourth fifth time rewatching it in my life so i think it, maybe i'm in a different place in my life than i was before or maybe i just didn't need to watch this movie five times <laughs> i think that that's probably it you yeah. might be a little oversaturated well, but with you the said that Dynamite. you said that you have too and you love it i mean and I we have, both grew up I, with this movie that's the thing yeah. like, uh, our generation we grew up with this yeah, like the other movie we've done, I've seen multiple times too. And I don't mind, re like it's another turn your mind off. Like just go watch it. It's like we'll hilarious, dumb that, humor, yeah. but we'll get there. We'll, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's jump into uh, favorites. So for me, my favorite character, I didn't want to go like too chalky, chalk, chalk, but you yeah, kind of yeah. have to yeah. with this movie because there's so Limited many cast. chalk characters, but yeah. I got to go Kip. Yeah. Like his character transformation, his lines, like... Just try and hit me. It's so good. He Everything is he fantastic. Does. Yeah, it, it is hard to not go chalk. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to take yeah. Uncle Rico. I mean, for that, obvious I mean, reasons. It, we, do, yeah. we already talked about Uncle Rico. We don't really need to say too much more. No. Um, I'm going to take my favorite scene just being the uh, the really awkward farming scene where God it's just it, like yeah. a cutaway, just like out of nowhere, just in there. And yeah. I'm going to talk about a line from that that I it think makes, makes it no sense the that it's eggs. in there it makes no sense no. what's going on the the weirdest b or e plot <laughs> just like for nothing but the, it was awesome that it's in there because i think it's top two funniest scenes in the movie yeah but for me a number one is just a like probably 30 second sequence of when the school bus is pulling up and his neighbor has the gun with the cow yeah, <laughs> and just that pure like you know what's gonna happen but just waiting for it and then seeing him pull the just hearing the kids scream in yeah. the bus like ah. that was good that was good i think that that was up there just from watching it again and seeing that i was like oh my god i forgot that was in there so good yeah yeah uh my first line is gonna come from my scene so napoleon's asking if they have large talons and the guy has him repeat it twice and then he's just yeah. like I don't understand a word you just said. <laughs> then he realizes, like, his partner can't speak proper English, too. Just got a funny bit. I, it's so weird. I don't understand the word you're saying. Mine is uh, when they're when they're doing the bike. He first meets Pedro. He goes, "Oh, you got a sweet. You ever take it off any sweet jumps?" And they just make that little shitty jump. He, Pedro goes off. He goes, "Oh, you just got like three feet of air that time." <laughs> For me, that was just so funny. That's a classic. That's a classic. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
it, mine is going to be when Napoleon is meeting Pedro for the first time, and he says, you know, there's like a boatload of gangs at this school. Because one also, I mean, I would assume that there weren't. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> I didn't think there were. Probably. And he's, this one gang kept wanting to join, beca- or wanting me to join because I'm pretty good with a bow staff. <laughs> on, on character, for sure. I love it. It's And then my last one is going to be from Kip. By, just uh, when Deb's at the door trying to sell stuff and him just going... Your mom goes to college. <laughs> just Classic like, your mom joke. Literally Zinger. no comedy. reason to get so upset. Hey, comedy. Hey, I'm Kevin I'm Hart. <laughs> no reason to get. Those are our two impressions. Literally that one Mark, Mark Norman, Norman impression. And, and, and what, a wonder, what a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what a wonder- no, it's a wonderful life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I messed. It. Hey, I messed up the title. See, uh, we but, can't all be perfect, Mary. Hey, we're not always spot on, yeah. Uh, let's go into an exclusive, yeah. exclusive. And before also, we, before we go into an exclusive, exclusive. Yes. If you guys actually want us to stop doing that, just let us know because I would 30, not blame you. Thirty-five episodes of Mary. <laughs> it's been two years. Uh, all right. Starting it out here. So this movie was definitely a shoestring budget kind of project. So the original film cost around $400,000 and it made over $46 million at the box office. So it's like A24, it's like A240. Like yeah. the return on investment is insane. And John Heater actually was only originally played $1,000 to play this role. And he later negotiated for a portion of the pro- profits. So like he, he ended up getting that money for it. Um, yeah, I, I say that he probably, you know, got a better deal taking some on the back end. Yeah. Just because, yeah, if especially if they actually sell Vote for Pedro shirts through the movie. It's a little bit of a profit. A little bit. Just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. I just finished up a book about Robin Williams, and I they were talking about all that because it was like a pretty long biography, so they got into all those details. And it was like, I think, Goodwill Hunting and Dead Poet Society. They didn't pay him a lot, but gave him a decent portion of the profits. And that's just yeah. like... Oh that's insane. God. Like, uh, too, yeah. Yeah. The little aside, let's, let's keep going with uh, yeah, let's Napoleon's... Keep rolling. Napoleon Dynamite. Um, so Efren Ramirez, who played Pedro, was actually 31 when they shot this movie. So Napoleon was supposed to be 16. I don't even know if they flat out said Pedro's age, but... It definitely wasn't 31. Yeah, I, I would say it's he definitely looked older. He but looked, well, I think he looked better he, than John Heater did. Oh, he did. And there's <laughs> so, like the kid who bullied Napoleon looked like he was 31. Yes. Oh, <laughs> like, absolutely. Yeah, he was definitely like graduate. That's like if the guy who played Thad Castle was playing the kid who bullied him. It's like, well, dude, you're not in high school. And we know that. But it's awesome. And, um, so Deb is based on uh, Jerusha Hess. Uh, that's Jared's wife, who he co-wrote the film with and based it on her own life. So some guy dancing with her, like, patted her sleeves and actually said, I like your sleeves. They're real big. Yeah. So that's <laughs> actually, like, a real-life quote. <laughs> so weird. It's, it's so weird. That's, like, that's so weird. That that line, I actually, I feel like I wouldn't put anything past these writers and directors to put that weird stuff in, but I feel yeah. like that line specifically, it's almost too weird to not be f- real. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that's so hard to come up with. Like that's yeah. why the funniest things that people put in are always real because you can't yeah. fake reality. You can yeah. write 
as much as you can, but if there's real shit, like that's always funnier. Yeah. And uh, John Heater got a perm the night before filming, but they messed it up and had to get it redone the next day, like the day of. And he couldn't wash his hair for three weeks, which is disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. I I think everyone's saying nowadays, like, you should wash your hair less than people said before, but like three weeks is something. Three weeks Uh, is insane. Yeah. Not, not messing around with that. No. Um, so the dance scene at the end, the famous, famous dance scene actually wasn't originally in the script. So I think they were trying to get stock footage or something and they just ended up, um, having this idea, like we need to have you dancing in moon boots and this is how the film has to wrap up. Like it needs to be this insane scene. So instead of hiring a choreographer though, because of the importance, they told John Heater just to kind of wing it. They said like, just figure it out. And then they filmed the scene three different times with three different songs, including the two of the songs that we heard throughout the movie, I think, um, that were, uh, don't know how to pronounce this, but we're going to go for it. Let's do it. Jamiroquies? <laughs> Jamiroquies? Uh, Jamiroquies. Jamiroquies. Little L and Canned Heat. So, Jamiroquies. I think so. Yeah. I don't, I mean, unless you know it, I don't know. Well... Best guess. Let us know. Let us know in uh, in <laughs> the comments below if you're on YouTube. Yeah. So, <laughs> hey, you um, pronounced it so wrong. Yeah, but yeah, we uh we talked about the intro with the white stripes, and there is this long credit scene in the beginning, and it's all about uh like John he or Napoleon Dynamite's objects, like his school card and everything. So they actually have three different sets of hands throughout it so it started with john heater but apparently they didn't like his hangnails so they flew out a hand model just to do this and then they were like uh there were like three different people's hands though because they also used their producers too what and they're not even the same like shades imagine like hey man your hands are so gross so we're gonna fly somebody in and have them just do everything with hands especially on such a low budget movie (laughs) yeah like hey dude half the budget is us buying plane tickets and hotel rooms for people because your hands are fucking disgusting yeah like sorry but they're gross Uh, (laughs) it's so bad i feel bad but gross hands um besides besides the filming locations the town actually used to host a Napoleon Dynamite festival. And in 2005, the festival had about 6,000 people there and featured a tater tot eating contest and a moon boat, uh, di- a moon, moon boot, boot yeah. a moon boot dancing contest, <laughs> a boondoggle keychains for sale and a tetherball tournament. And the festival was last held in 2008. So everything... Everything that made the movie special, like the keychains, give me some of your tots, tetherball especially. Yeah. I guess you have to do it by yourself because that's kind of half the movie. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just playing tetherball by itself. But after that, in 2012, Fox aired six episodes of Napoleon Dynamite, the animated series, before they canceled it, which is probably a good call because you can't really recreate anything like this. Yeah, yeah. I think people were asking John Heater at some point, like, what, are we going to get a sequel because it's such a cult classic? And he was like, yeah. oh, that animated series is it. So we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we saw how that went, and that's about all. Yeah. He's like, thank you. 
That's probably one of the characters he's like, all right. I was also in Blades of Glory and oh, you know, I was in Benchwarmers. Benchwarmers yeah, too. Benchwarmers is a that's a nice dumb one, but that's we're not such gonna a be dummy talking Benchwarmers. Oh yeah, yeah. Not talking that movie today, but we are going to be doing another John Heater movie. We're yep. going Blades of Glory. So I will I'll start us out here okay. and just talk tomato score with director and all that and I'll give my take. So it actually got a 70 68 so 70 critic 68 audience compared to a 72 74 of napoleon dynamite it was directed by will speck and josh gordon who also directed office christmas party which i think is Mm -hmm. very slept on especially because i looked at their rotten tomato score it's even worse than this i think that this movie in terms of comedy in terms of what made me laugh wipes the floor with napoleon dynamite wipes the floor Winnie. this movie is hilarious and i it, know it is but it doesn't your wipe the movie. floor with it it's so different it's, it's so different dramatic effect uh-huh no definitely <laughs> wipes the floor wipes is the an exaggeration floor. like no other because i disagree i disagree i think that you know if there's other movies that definitely wipe the floor with it i wouldn't say this one blows it out of the water i would say there's definitely some things like you obviously have some incredible actors in this Stacked will ferrell cast. fucking Will Arnett, Amy Poehler, like Jenna Fisher, I mean, Jenna Nick Fisher, Sportson, yeah, Rob Cordroy. I know Rob Cordroy was like a smaller part too, and it's just crazy I going know. through, and you're seeing like, holy, oh my gosh, everybody's in this movie. It's one of those classic, like again, one of those classic mid two thousands movies where literally everybody's in it, and they just stack the cast and they go, here's the script, make it work, yeah, like. There's so many of those movies where it was such a golden age where they're like, here's a script about ice skating. Here's a script about like coaching a little little league soccer team. Here's a script about like yeah. being 35 and playing in a little league game. <laughs> like, it's insane. At that time, you could make anything. It's almost like what Netflix is doing with shows right now, except they were doing it with comedy movies where it's like, all right, do whatever you want make whatever you want we'll fund it yeah yeah and that's that is something that we'll point out is that i was talking about how napoleon dynamite was this anti-movie basically in terms of normal convention this is very different like i think we're almost comparing apples to oranges here but in terms of the fact that they're both comedies in terms of what i liked this made me laugh so much more. Also, we were talking cast. Like, let's just get some other huge hitters in there because we had William Fitchner in as Darren, like his dad, <laughs> the dad that he adopted. <laughs> Romney Malco was in it too, our 40-year-old virgin absolute star. And Craig T. Nelson was had a huge role as the coach. So like, you yeah. get all these people in. and There's they're real so, actors. And you know what the funny thing too is though? It's a Will Ferrell movie through and yes. through. Like yes, Will Ferrell is. carries this movie. He is the center and he is so funny. And if you want to talk about lines, Napoleon oh, Dynamite has a bunch of lines that are in the zeitgeist. Me. But this one too, like I totally... I, it was I a Kanye song. Yes, exactly. It was a Kanye song. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I forgot about that completely. Like gets when, the when people that scene going. was coming up, I I heard like, yeah, gets the people going. It's and I was provocative. Like, oh, that's right. <laughs> that's yeah. this movie. It, like, yeah. And you know what's funny? This movie has 
almost no cultural impact. Like other Z- almost than that, zero. There's just that little nugget, and I think it's so good. But it's also goofy, so you can't expect the goofier movies to yep. permeate like the the culture as much. And exactly. I get that, but. I was I forgot how good this was and the fact that it was I mean I normally I don't really care about Rotten Tomato scores like normally the funnier ones are actually around like 70s or so yeah but I think 68's a little disrespectful like I think that this movie has been overlooked because it is a goofy concept it is, but it's act like once you get down to it and watch it, I feel like people see the poster or they see the movie and from the outward perspective and don't give it a shot because they see John Heater, Will Ferrell in like uh, onesies about yeah. to go like ice, ice skating, skate. like figure yeah. skating. Figure and they're skating, like, yeah. how good can this be? And then you hear the Kanye song start with, we're going to skate to one song and one song only. And you're like, oh my God, that's what it's from. Yeah. That's I, the, yeah. I genuinely forgot that it had this much of an impact all right that not sorry i literally just said it didn't have an impact that no but like i forgot that that was from this movie and i think that's probably pretty synonymous with how this movie is thought of because it's not really thought of and that's okay but it gets forgotten talking about it way too much it does get forgotten and it didn't have this huge appeal and i think that it probably is just the subject matter like the that yeah, it doesn't have Figure the staying skating. power of like a another Will Ferrell classic. Like it doesn't have the staying power of a Step Brothers, or it doesn't have the staying power of even like a um. What are some other? Um, uh, well, hey, do we think that that's almost why? Do we think that because around this time Will Ferrell had like Anchorman, he had uh, Step Brothers, so him and John C. Riley well, were very much linked. Were we expecting something like that? No. And people were like, this isn't as good. I think maybe. I think, he, I think he was putting out so much heat at the time that I would put this on the level with kicking and screaming, where it's yeah. Will Ferrell doing something crazy with like an insanely good cast, but it gets overlooked because of the sheer gold that's coming out at that time. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Like, I, yeah. I think maybe that's why this movie isn't really thought of because you yeah. can look at other Will Ferrell movies that we've exactly. already done. But I'm telling you, like, I was actually, I think the reason I'm so positive on this movie right now is because I watched it nah, maybe once, twice back in the day. And then I came to rewatch it and I was like, I bet this is going to be dumb, but it's going to be a fun turn your mind yeah. off Will Ferrell movie. And I was going in with that expectation and I was like, this is actually super funny. Like, it's still super funny because it had, I bet there's also nostalgia at play too. Because like we said, we forget some of the things that happen. Like Will Arnett's whole thing at the end when he's chasing him and uh, fires, (laughs) he shoots uh, the mascot with the arrow. It's like that whole bit is so funny. (laughs) The escalator, when they stop on the escalator and they're just talking and he goes, who are you? And he goes, it's JFK. It's going to make sense. It's going to make sense. (laughs) He's like, I'm sure it is. It's lame. It's it's lame. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, I was dying laughing when they were doing that whole bit of not being able to really run away from each other because they had (laughs) skates on and then they're getting stuck at the escalator. Like that, honestly, that alone was one of my favorite bits that I've seen from these comedy movies in a while. Grab my hand, grab my hand. Seriously, the guy's like, <laughs> just no, what he jumps you at him, yeah, <laughs> pulls him down. It's so good. I mean, that whole thing and just the even starting with John Hader getting unadopted. Like, yes. yeah, <laughs> yeah, sorry. 
I, I don't think that's the correct term. I'm actually disowning you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That's, and then I like mean, their their downfalls are also really funny. You have yeah. Nick Swartzen being this like key character because the movie yeah. wouldn't happen if he didn't have this stalker. Um, <laughs> yeah. I just, just like also love I, Craig T. Nelson's fantastic as this uh, his coach in this or their yeah. coach in this. Um, I mean, just in terms of what this movie I thought it could have been. That's that's what I'll say for this movie. It yeah. could have been an absolute dud, and it was not. It could have been, and they, I mean, you had the cast that exceeded expectations. Like, yeah. Well, having, actually, you know what? I, I shouldn't say that, because you do have the cast, and it is a Will Ferrell movie, so you yeah. do expect a certain level. Just when Will Ferrell's in a movie, he brings it up a certain amount. But I'm saying even yeah. beyond that. Like, you know what I would equate it to a lot? I would put it on the same level as Get Hard for a Will Ferrell movie. Oh, okay. Okay. I would put it on that level because it's unexpectedly good, but at the same time, it's not where your expectation for like a classic Will Ferrell Ferrell, movie would be. Yeah. You know, like it gets overlooked because of the other stuff he's done, but it's, that's not to say that it's in any way, shape or form bad. Yeah. That's, I honestly, it's funny because I feel like you've mentioned that movie before and then the movie that I like default go to in terms of like nice surprise is cop out with bruce willis and tracy morgan mm-hmm. i love that movie i think that it basically is just a big surprise it's like oh wow this movie's actually fantastic yeah. um i think that we thought this movie was going to be good and be- just because i know it didn't have it didn't really cause too much of a it doesn't have staying there's no power stir. there's yeah, no staying exactly. power so when i was going back i was like i bet as a kid this was kind of goofy because some will ferrell movies are like that yeah, uh, I think we can say that. Pass the ball to the Italians. That's yeah. all you need to yeah. know. <laughs> let's watch that soon. Let's, let's Honestly, do that one soon. Honestly, I love that movie so much. And Should I we think, do it next okay, week? <laughs> one thing I, I have to ask, was yeah. that Beyonce who made a yes. cameo in this yes. movie? Yes. yes, it was, right? Yeah, <laughs> I okay. saw it, but I was like, all right, look, I don't want to say it. I didn't know because he was. De- it definitely was though. I, if no, he, it was. I, mean, I looked it up okay, because I okay. was like, no, I that he actually looks exactly like him from what I yeah. remember in uh, Kicking and Screaming. And I looked yeah. it up. I was thinking about making that an, an exclusive, exclusive, but we ended up not. So that, that was exciting to see. Like, like, that's in there for two so seconds. Also, uh, just a little about him because I was looking him up. He was yeah. a child actor, but he just completely stopped. And I was like. I wonder what he's up to nowadays. Yeah. And you can't find anything about him, which I think is probably great. Like, That's probably it, purposeful. Yeah. It's probably, probably so many awesome people would just be like, Beyonce, like all yeah. of that kind of yeah. stuff. Because that's what, I mean, you know him as it's nice from that knowing one movie. That, yeah. yeah. It's exactly. nice knowing he, hopefully he's doing what he wants to be doing with his life. I feel now. like that's good because a lot of people who get the spotlight early and only that one role, maybe you grow out of it, it can be detrimental. Like the kid who played Gibby is not going to be in the iCarly follow-up because of how that role affected i believe it that has to be like they said he said it's been like detrimental because people have a hard time separating him from the character so it's like people will be like oh gibby take off your shirt he's like dude i know why yeah be a be a person that's a tough one too because some are like like some huge actors are like oh they only think of me as so-and-so gibby's tough gibby's kind of tough gibby's a tough one yeah because he is i mean that was such a good character Let's give it. But getting off back on track here a little bit, getting back to the movie of discussion, which you may have forgot was Blades of Glory. <laughs> um, 
we went through the cast a lot, but like, is there anything in the plot that like stuck out to you? Like what for you was made this movie of bounds above Napoleon dynamite? I think a, a lot of the lines, I think that the yeah. dialogue in this movie was so much funnier. I think this movie was written so ridiculously well. And I just think that all of the little bits throughout, because I mean, most comedies, are kind of like series of sketches basically um, yeah. like i already said i already gave all the praise to that one like the the will arnett and will ferrell fight yeah um, that was but, a super bit like i can see those two doing that off camera and then just being yeah. like let's put this let's in the put movie this in. yeah like, that the improv like the absolute greats at improv the yeah. uh the fact that they're trying the iron lotus he sh- like craig t nelson <laughs> shows that this video of people getting decapitated <laughs> in north korea like yeah. they're it's, and it's funny okay because i don't know much about figure skating but yeah. the olympics are kind of this weird like everyone's kind of if you're a sports fan you know enough and like yeah. i feel like i've oh, i'm so accustomed to only knowing a little bit about it that i can at least pick up on some of that kind of humor yeah um, and, but there's not like you don't need to know anything about it Nothing. to enjoy this movie it's just a goofy movie all of the bits are so fun. like yeah i mean jimmy being a uh like a orphan that they literally buy is yeah. being trained by nuns everyone in the beginning. Else, everyone else is playing hockey and he's just doing like double axles twists and stuff. <laughs> he's like, I'll buy that one. And it's not like I'll take that one. He yeah. just goes, I'll buy that one. Yes. Yeah. So what? like this, this is just so much more of a conventional comedy that I think yeah. I'm probably just more resonating with, or maybe I just want to be seeing those more as opposed to the Napoleon dynamite kind of movies. Um, that's very possible. So maybe like a year from now, I would be thinking differently, but dude, I'm telling you in terms of, I just think it's such a breath of fresh air. I, yeah, I agree. Like, honestly, it's almost, it's almost an affirmation from my childhood. Like, okay, it was actually was funny. You didn't have this weird ass (laughs) humor that you thought the stupidest things were funny. Like it's actually, it it holds up. Yeah. This this movie holds up. You don't need to know anything about figure skating or anything. The one person I know, and it might have been at the time, it might have been after, during the Olympics, I just remember there was this craze about Apollo Ono, the speed skater. Yes, yes. Like, he was massive. Yep. And that's the last time I remember a it's, skater it's being literally huge. All, all the Olympic sports, it's kind of like whenever someone's great, we can recognize yeah. that they're exceptional at something that they do, and we can celebrate it. But do we actually care about figure skating or running or swimming? Most people, they more so care about like the other sports. Exactly. But which is that's why the Olympics are so interesting because it's like once every four years, you can dedicate all your attention to it and you can see the absolute greatest people at their certain craft. And that's it's fantastic. And then you have this movie featuring Will Ferrell and John Heater and then Will Arnett and Amy Poehler. Dude, Will Arnett and Amy Poehler, where I, do you remember the, uh, the, I forget what the quote was, but like, looks very urban. <laughs> they're, they're like, their costumes are just ridiculously offensive. And it's just that yeah. you realize that's what this movie is. It's just some goofy, turn your mind off, like, just line it's after just line so funny. of funny dialogue. It's literally just lines. Will Ferrell like- at, like his height too and will i think will arnett and amy poehler were either married or dating at the time and you can tell that they were such a good pair together like working together nobody like i think those two work off of each other so well yeah 
like Amy Poehler works well with a lot of people. I'd say the top two in my mind, or top three, I would say number one is Nick Offerman. Her and Nick Offerman together mm-hmm. are, for some reason, like yin and yang, kind of just insanely good. Yeah. Number two is Tina Fey, because those two are just, I mean, insane I mean, together. It's Amy Poehler and Tina it's Fey, just, yeah. Exactly. Number three, I would even put Will Arnett. I would say yeah. those two together, like when they are together, are hilarious. Yeah, and I mean, I, like they were married so you would expect them to have some chemistry but um i also think that their characters were just so out there that i wouldn't even i think that's why you can put you don't have you don't put them in front of tina fey and nick offerman because they're just so like deranged (laughs) just have a weird relationship even in this they were playing incestual siblings and it's just like okay well well, we can see where this is going the whole yeah. time. Yeah. But you want to jump into favorites? Yeah, sure. Do you have a, are you going to be doing character and all that good stuff? Yeah. Do you want to do chalk or no chalk? Yeah, but let's, we can do some chalk. Okay. Let's do some chalk. Mine is Will Arnett. I got to go Will yeah. Arnett. Just for being like this overly sexualized, weird person. Just weird. Just super weird the whole time. But his lines, like, Will Arnett's delivery, whether it be Arrested Development or this, is number one. Like, just his voice combined with the way he says things with that. He has this way to sound clueless while also sound so confident. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually a really good good point there. Um, I mean, if we're going chalk and uh, we're doing that, I have to go the ultimate chalk just because I really think Will Ferrell is at the absolute top of Will Ferrell's game in this movie. So that could be the chalkiest pick that we've ever done on one of these podcasts. But I mean, I have to give it to him because we have a fact coming up that makes him so much more impressive in this movie. Um, That actually might not be too surprising, but stick around for an exclusive exclusives. What's your scene? Don't take it. I won't take it. Okay, fine. We'll not take it. Yeah. Okay. My favorite scene, if I can't take that one, is probably going to be... That's so tough. You go first. You go first. Because I know what you're going to say. So, yeah, I I mean, I have to take that whole bit that we already talked about. Yes, Uh, I know. We don't need to touch on it more, but... That, that Will Ferrell, Will Arnett chase scene is just so funny to me. Like, I enjoyed it so much. I think, I don't know. For me, I'm going to go with... You're going to go decapitation? <laughs> I was going to go either like, decapitation. Like, yeah, I, was, hey, I did. I if was there's one like... thing I know about Woody, he likes himself a good decapitation. I was gonna. I didn't want to say it, but I think that video was so funny. And I thought I remember it being baked beans for some reason that come out of her head when I was young. Yeah. I don't think it was, but I also still think it was. Like I think I, you're thinking of another movie because you said that. Yeah, and I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, I guess that was a thing. I, yeah, no, it wasn't in this movie, but. Okay, but I know, but it, I, for some reason, I was so confident that like her head gets chopped off and there's yeah. just baked beans on the yeah. ice. No, that's was... a bit in some movie that I remember, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I know. It might have been like one of those movie 43 type shits or yeah. something like that. Yeah. But that's them showing the Iron Lotus to them in that video and the story behind, like, <laughs> I went to North Korea, of course. And they're both just like, of course, yeah, you yeah. went to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good for me. I think, yeah, okay. So you want to go lines now? Yeah, sure. Okay. I think I'll start it off with, <laughs> I'm going to go with, uh, obviously, uh, okay. I'm going to go with Will Arnett as my first one who said he was baiting Jenna Fisher and just saying uh, something about their parents. And he said, 
oh, mom and dad, remember how they used to be alive? <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to make her feel bad. Will Arnett's yeah, just, just incapable of being like nuanced about it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so good. It's so good. Um, mine's from Will Ferrell. And he's talking to John Heater. He says, I see you still look like a 15-year-old girl, but not hot. <laughs> so odd. It's so it's off so color. Good. It's so good, though. My next one is when Will Ferrell's super drunk and in the forest here. He goes, hey, you little forest heroes. None of you son of a bitches trying to be heroes. <laughs> like, what? I'm telling you, dude. I, this has to be children. a rewatch for me soon. I, I have yeah. to rewatch this soon. It's really um, good, dude. Honestly, I know. And then, I mean, when, especially so when good. you go through lines, you realize how many there are. Um, yeah. So Chaz, he's like alluding to his sex addiction. He goes, "The night is a very dark time for me." And then Jimmy goes, "It's dark for everyone, moron." <laughs> he goes, "Not for Alaskans or dudes with night vision goggles." <laughs> So, so dumb. It's so dumb, but it's so good. It's literally just like toss it up. And then obviously we have the, we're going to skate to one song, one song only. No one knows what it means. It's provocative. Gets the people yeah. going. Like, yeah. Very classics. good. Um, classics. So we'll move on to in exclusive exclusives. So in this movie, like for this movie, Will Ferrell and John Heater actually had to learn ice skating. And yeah. they got trained by Sarah Kawahara. Kawahara. Sorry. Let's Sa- try that one more time. One more time. Sarah Kawahara. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Um, nice. And then I alluded to this one before, but it, it might not be too surprising, but it's still ridiculously impressive hearing that Will Ferrell basically improvised, like, everything in this movie. So the writers claim that 88.773, very specific number, uh, yep. 88.773% of Will Ferrell's dialogue is improvised or changed in, in some way, like kind of written on set just to keep his persona like intact. So did they take like the number of words he said and divide it? Because that's so specific. That's that my it's guess, insane. or it was just a writer trying to do like a funny, very specific <laughs> number. Like, hey. <laughs> I make it funny by making number longer. <laughs> so yes. they, they were Russians that wrote this. Literally, yeah. No ho Hank. Okay. There you go. Also, whenever Barry comes out, you're watching both yes. seasons and we're oh, yeah. ripping through that because it's my favorite show right yeah, now. I, I love it. We're agreeing on that. Just virtually shake on it right now. Okay? Yeah, we've, we've already said Just it behind the scenes, promise. folks. I'm drawing up Barry. attention, Kevin, <laughs> for the future. Um, so Ben Stiller was considered for the role of Chaz Michael Michaels. Love the name also, by the way. I didn't mention, but yeah. Michael Michaels. Uh, but he decided the character was too much like the other roles he played. So I'm assuming it's very similar to his like role in Dodgeball, Zoolander, like yeah. kind of the dick who's sexual you know like just kind of very like, yeah. you know that ben stiller voice where he goes like of course you want the you know yeah, i can yeah, yeah. i know how he was gonna play right. that yeah, yeah which is uh understandable so the lifetime ban situation was related to american figure skater tanya harding ever heard of her i tanya people like that that was margot uh, robbie that, that was a very the, popular thing um, didn't it win an oscar or something i think so yeah yeah, Movie something guys. like that. Film guys. Film so, guys. The uh, Oscars, you say? Yeah. Okay, we'll say one thing about the Oscars. One note. It's a crime that musical and comedy are still in the same category. It's a crime. It's just it a classic. A like, comedies don't get the respect, which a lot of people who are in the business and write them say that comedies are actually harder to write and make than dramas. 
We won't we won't get I'm, into the Oscars. That's why we don't know so. about Oscars because we're not Oscars people. Yeah, we're not um, Oscars guys, but we can yeah. pretend to be. Speaking of Tanya Harding, uh, Strauss and Fairchild, so uh, Will Arnett and Amy Poehler, their mm-hmm. whole bit trying to injure uh, Chaz and lock up Jimmy. It was actually inspired by Tanya Harding's attack on Nancy Kerrigan, which is kind of what that whole movie is about. That's like the interesting draw there. Nancy, Nancy Kerrigan. Oh, okay. <laughs> what did I say? You said Nancy. Nancy Kerrigan. So Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> um, See, branching out. It's not 1940s. Yeah, there we go. I did. I, I'll tell you about something later. Uh, okay. in, the, in the movie, we see that Chaz was injured while skating, but it was actually John Heater that got injured in real life. So when they were training, John Heater broke his ankle. That sucks. That Jesus. would yeah, probably set them back. I mean... Look, for for you to be ice skating on a movie set and doing take after take after take of like, even if you're not doing majority of the stunts, there's so much danger involved. Yeah. Like, especially if you don't have any experience, you could train all you want, but it's still like... You oh, I'm sure. These, uh, yeah, I, I would you, suck. <laughs> acting on skates is... It seems pretty intense, yeah. honestly. Yeah, yeah. Also, but, it is funny, like, I, I like to think of it as a little bit that in the beginning yeah. when they're first showing them, it's so clearly not them doing, like, the, the really intense moves. And yeah. then the camera will just, like, go close up on, like, Will Ferrell doing a little thing. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's just, like, someone who doesn't really look like Will Ferrell, but he's wearing yeah. the outfit doing, the like, wig a triple the axle. Outfit. Yeah. Like, those were really impressive for the stunt people, though. For, gotta say. I mean, I'm sure they were professional figure skaters doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So John's, John Heater spent two years in Japan as a Mormon mo- missionary and learned to speak Japanese flu- fluently. So he showcased this during the press conference where he responded flawlessly to a reporter's question posed in Japanese, which is, I mean, impressive. He's very versatile. He can go from Napoleon to this character to bench warmers to speaking fluent Japan. Japanese <laughs> speaking, <laughs> fluent, speaking fluent it's okay because Winnie can't speak fluent in America right now yeah <laughs> I can't speak fluent British <laughs> you say English yeah oh no <laughs> so, the Iron Lotus was a move actually making fun of the movie The Cutting Edge so in The Cutting Edge Kate Mosley's coach who is Anton Pemchenko uh, introduces this move when in reality it's impossible to perform yeah like that I, I I mean, looking back on it, it, I guess it makes sense that they already had the Iron, like the Iron Lotus was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, uh, yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It's, um, it seems pretty impossible from yeah. my understanding of tossing a man in the air and then, and then just almost cutting his head off. Yeah. I also like the, uh, like Philip Snorelko, uh, yeah. artist Manscaped. rendition of, oh, you know, who has a tighter shave whoops. than that, than that. Manscaped. Manscaped. Cut out the Philip Morocco. Don't. We, we didn't say that. We didn't say shit. No one probably heard that. Okay. The- so, <laughs> actually, you know what? This week in comedy, nothing really important happened. Yeah. But something, I mean, we've been talking about SNL ever since Elon came back, and they just had oh, their season I, finale. I know um, what you're going to say, I think. What? Oh, were you going to say where the Michael Che and, uh, Colin write the jokes for each other. I just oh, saw that today. Well, and first it's of unbelievable. all, unbelievable. I love that every I I will give weekend update a watch every single time I come across it because it's always I like that stuff. And I also think that Colin and Michael Che are like fantastic. Yes, we could talk about that because whenever they write jokes for each other, it is so funny. 
It's so incredible because you can see their faces reading it for the first time. And Michael Che always writes like these racy jokes <laughs> yeah. for Colin. And Colin can't <laughs> really horribly do, racist, do yeah. shit about them. Like he tries to, on the other side, say something about it. Like this week he said... Um, something so about the, him being the, bad the, at sex or something. No, he said the police arrested a man for oh, yeah. uh, public urination outside of a gas station. And he was... the Michael Che saying this. He's like, I just want to take this moment because I don't think any other african-american has used their platform to say this but all cops are doing everything they can yeah, i like love blue everybody lives matter. blue <laughs> lives matter especially because <laughs> like michael che is notorious but honestly yeah. most people kind of rightfully so for um being against that so it's kind of funny <laughs> just making someone like making one of your best friends say ridiculous yeah. stuff on air at such a platform um and it, everyone can just laugh at it that's that's yeah. what's you know this even the crowd thing's all about the crowd knew Colin wrote it and they were kind of even like, oh God, he's like, come on. Like he's making me uh, say this the, shit. It's, like, it's so funny. Like the, I've said it on the podcast before, but like the tension release, like the, oh, yeah. the formula of comedy. Cause when, whenever they even say, oh, we're doing the, we write each other jokes thing again. You're like, oh, here yeah. we go. So as yeah. they're going on, you're like guessing what the punchline is going to be. And they're always fantastic. Cause these two are just ridiculously good writers um, it it seems insane. like one of the most genuine forms of comedy that we've seen from SNL oh, yeah. in the last few years. Obviously. Because they get, they have that free reign finally to say things because it's almost like when you're using that and writing it for somebody else, you can mm -hmm. go so much farther because it's not like you're expressing an opinion. Yeah. You're asking them to say things that are the antithesis of basically what they would be saying. And with that and with that understanding, you can go so much farther and get away oh with yeah it. yeah and actually you know what something else i realized and I, we won't get into politics at all here but i think the reason that we i kind of said that i'm not too on board with snl anymore is because every, one side seemed to get all of the jokes and i don't think that that's like suitable to do true comedy like i think that both sides need to because there's ridiculousness on both sides so i heard a biden yeah. joke in there like it seemed like we were kind of going back to more of a whole well-rounded type deal and then yeah I so I agree and something worth noting is that they started out with um all of the older castmates on stage like so I guess uh an SNL contract is normally seven years and most of the people on the cast are actually past that I mean Keenan Thompson's yeah. on year oh. 18 but I uh, would well, Keenan Thompson's Keenan Thompson he's hilarious yeah. um so I think that there's People are wondering if there's going to be an exodus, and I'm wondering, is that good or bad for SNL right now? Good. Yeah. I think there needs to be new faces. I think that, like, the... I don't need, is it is Cecily Strong like she's been yep. there for a very long Cecily time. Cecily Strong's one of them. Kate McKinnon's another. Kate McKinnon's been there forever. Like it would be good to see them because they're strong enough. Like Kate McKinnon especially. I Kate think. McKinnon's and, hilarious. And oh, Pete geez. Davidson like they're strong enough to now go out and flourish on their own. Like yeah. SNL should be you know that Red Bull contest where it's you create your own airplane and you run and you see how far you can float on your own after you run. Yeah like off the jumping thing that's what snl kind of is where you have that platform for x amount of time but once you that's up you take it and you see how far you can fly on your own with what you've made yourself that was such a good goddamn analogy that i'm so happy with myself 
Yeah, and my, uh, I mean, my camera doesn't want to work, so if you're watching okay. it on YouTube, sorry about that. But, but I think that on uh, that's always been the thing. That's always what yeah. we no, uh, I know and what SNL has been said to do. So it is kind of funny because I he, see Keenan Thompson on there for 18 years, but he's so funny that it's just like, okay, that's fine. Now yeah. he has his own sitcom, but so yeah, here, uh, Keenan Thompson, 18 seasons. Kate McKinnon, yeah. 10. AD Bryant, nine. Cecily Strong, nine. Colin Jost, eight. Beck Bennett, eight, Kyle Mooney, eight, and Michael Che, seven. And those are all past, like, the the seven-year mark. So, I mean, there's a possibility we're going to get um, – I think Colin Jost is more likely to leave. I think Michael Che said he's most likely going to stay. Um, but there's a chance yep. we're going to get some major players leaving, and it seems like they kind of want to take nah, – honestly, let's say it flat out, right, that – um, they poked a ton of fun at Trump. I think they're left-leaning. So now that Biden's in office, maybe they start going with a more well-rounded approach. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's fantastic for the show. It's just weird because every single time you see all these huge people leave, you're like, oh, I don't know. How how are we going to get back? Like, how is this show going to be um, great again? I <laughs> nice. Nice yeah. one. Um, um, but it, it always know, works but... out. Because, like, think about yeah. it. Uh, Andy Samberg and Amy Poehler, Tina Fey, they left. And then, yep. you know, it's it's been what it then was. Then we got but... the new crew. And you know what? It comes down to seeing who's going to be next and seeing who is going to flourish next. It's all about, like, new faces are necessary. They brought in a couple. But, like, starting off the next season strong and, like, with new faces could revamp the whole thing because we know what's going to come from the people who have been on it for a while. But I think it's time to you know introduce new cast members like a lot and see how it goes i think that'd be really awesome yeah no i absolutely agree um i think that it'll be interesting seeing because some of the cast members you know i already think are great i really like like chris red i've uh yep. seen him in a few just because we've honestly we've mainly just been watching these um as a as for the podcast i guess yeah um and everything i've seen from him i'm really impressed with and then there's a lot of other people like all of these people are the best at or they they should be like the best yeah. in the game basically so they're the best at what they've been doing yeah let's let's see what we end up getting i mean i'm excited to figure it out yeah no me too Let's see. Oh, there I am. There he is. Back. Whoa. I'm back. There we go. Uh, again, if you're listening, um, not watching, I, uh, I go to, go to our YouTube. Let us know what you think in the exactly. comments. Give us a like. Subscribe. Do all that good stuff. And if again, if you're on Apple Podcasts, if you could leave us a review, if you could write some nice stuff or write some mean stuff, that would hurt our feelings. But maybe yeah. it'll keep us on the charts. <laughs> yeah. Keep us humble, but also boost our ratings. Oh, yeah. Um, so... We did mention kicking and screaming this episode that we said we need to do. We're not sure if we're going to do it. I bet yeah. I have a feeling we're probably going to talk about it, and that might come up in our uh, in our possibility of of shows we're going to do. Okay, but, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll get there. We'll figure out what's happening next week, and we may uh, figure it out during midweek and see how the deal is. Yeah. But you know, but we'll as see. always, let us know what you want to see. Let us know if there's of a course. movie you think we need to do, and we'll do it. Um, until then, I'm Kevin. I'm Winnie. We'll see you at the next episode. It's provocative. There you go.